This is the Mason Vera Pain Show, your go-to lifestyle program, covering everything from technology and gaming to movies, TV shows, and pop culture to the supernatural and beyond. Brought to you from Chicago, USA, with your host, the unabridged millennial, Mason Vera Payne. In 2011, the term van life was popularized by a photo blogger named Foster Huntington. Nine years later, this term has increased 312% on Instagram, and according to The New Yorker, van life is the new bohemian social media movement. So what is van life, and why is it becoming so popular? Van life and adventurer Justin Burr breaks down the ins and outs of van life. Thanks for joining me, Justin. Hey, always a pleasure. Okay, so van life, how'd you get into it? Van life. Okay, so the year was 2017. I had just moved to San Francisco. And I was just leaving a bunch. Like, I was going upstate and hiking and sleeping in my little Honda Element before I'd go and backpack on weekends. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. And obviously, you see on social media all these different van accounts and people building out these incredible little mobile homes. And so I kind of just got the bug in my head, like, late 2017. I was like, man, that could be sick. And eventually, maybe I could even give up my apartment and do it full time. So April 2018 rolls around. I finally pull the trigger and get uh, a Mercedes Sprinter van 2017 that was completely empty inside with the intention of converting it myself. I had high hopes. I had watched all the YouTube videos. I had read all the forums. I knew what I needed to do. I knew how to insulate solar panels, drills, roof fans, whatever. And I tried to do it myself for like four months and it was impossible. So I found these dudes in Indianapolis to bring my dreams to life because my intention was that I was going to live in it. You know, it was like, I can't really mess this up and have an adequate home for the next, you know, however many years that I want to do this. So I was glad that I, that I found some dudes. It's actually funny. I followed this Instagram account and she would talk a lot about the guys that, that converted her van for her. So I like slid into her DMS on Instagram and I was like, Hey, sup, uh, your van is super cool. Who built it for you? And she responded after like three weeks and was just like, yeah, these guys in Indianapolis hit them up. They did. And it was sick. I'm glad they did it because, I mean, I have like, you know, three 150 watt solar panels up top. I've got full electrical on the inside. I've got a water tank. I've got running water. I've got a mini fridge and, a, and an induction burner. So it's fully built out on the inside. And I, I don't think I, no matter what, I would have been able to get it to that point just by myself. Now, when they were building it, did you have a say in anything? Like, hey, I want certain material to be used? Yeah, 100%. That was that was the reason I went with these guys, because if anybody is thinking about doing it and going with people to do it for you, you'll understand when you contact them that a lot of places don't give you any options. Every single person that I contacted, at least on the West Coast, they said you have two options of floor plan, either this or that, and a couple other things you can tweak. But that was really the only option they gave me. These guys were like, dude, anything you can dream up will bring to life. And so I had a lot of really specific criteria for the van. I was like, okay, I need a place that I can put all my surfboards underneath. And it has to be this specific height and this specific length in order to fit all my boards. And I want to be able to have a bed in the back that you don't convert every night because it's not also the seating area. It's just a, sta- just a standalone bed. I also want to have a live edge countertop, which is like a, not a, like kind of just like a cut piece of wood that is a little bit more kind of natural looking. I want to have shiplap up top. I want to have this color. I want to have this knob. So I had pretty specific taste, and they, they were all about it, man. It got a nice little back mat, black backsplash in the kitchen. So, yeah, I mean, you want to have as many options as you can because 
the end of the day, it's your little your little home. You don't want to have it just be a cookie cutter replica of somebody else. How long have you lived in your van for? Like, what's the longest stretch of time you've been in there? So six months was what I did initially. I was in San Francisco. I moved into it in like mid-December of 2018. And I lived in it until about mid-May 2019. And the reason I moved out is because I moved to New York City. I mean, when I was living in San Francisco, I was parking on the beach at Ocean Beach or over in Marin at Port Cronkite or down south at Pacifica wherever I could find kind of coastal parking and I'd surf before work and then I'd go in and that was awesome. It's also like ideal temperature in San Francisco all year round. It's like mid sixties, which is pretty dope for the van. But then I moved out to New York city and I lived on the streets in Brooklyn. Um, There was like a kind of nice little dead end street that I was on, on like 11th and Kent in Williamsburg. I don't know if anybody knows where that is, but it was cool, but it was also a little bit less, obviously much less scenic, a little bit more, high trafficked. It was kind of loud on the streets on the weekends. And I felt like I wasn't necessarily getting the best sleep that I had ever gotten. So I moved into an apartment, but I still have the van for sure. And I I do take it as much as I can on like little adventures or, you know, take it out for a month at a time and and do stuff like that. But I'm not in it full time anymore. Mm. So after living in it for that amount of time, is there anything inside that you're like, hey, I should have put this in there? So much stuff. I mean, it's it's hard to, I think, get it perfect on the first try. I had also rented a couple vans before I pulled, like really hopped in full time to my own when I had been traveling internationally. And one of the things that I 100% wish that I had done is, is put in a shower inside my van. I actually have an outdoor shower, but it's not heated. So whenever I'm like out in the wilderness and I do a big hike and I'm really sweaty, maybe I'll take a quick outdoor shower in cold water. But when you're living in it on a day-to-day basis and you have to go into work and you have to have some semblance of normal life, it was tough to not have a shower in there. And I know it sounds daunting to like have that type of integral plumbing in there, but it's definitely very doable to do. I, I had one with it and it was really, really, really nice. And they can do it by saving a lot of space. Basically, they'll just have a drain in the bottom of the, or like in some of the area within the van. The shower won't take up that space at all times. Kind of hard to explain, but they'll have like a convertible shower within the van that isn't always there. So it doesn't take up a lot of unnecessary space. And I think just like, yeah, having hot water as well, and maybe like a more built out toilet system. Right now I have like a portable toilet in there that's just like, you have to go and empty it somewhere else. That made it a little bit tough for full-time van living. But other than that, like, everything's pretty sick in the van. Like it's very compact. It's really homey in there. I love sleeping in it. Like I was just up visiting some friends that live on Long Island and they have this gorgeous house and a, and a pool house and they have tons of extra beds for me. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to sleep in the van in your driveway. And they were shocked by that. But I was like, no dude, like the van is sick. It's not like I'm looking for another place to stay when I'm in it. Like I prefer to stay in it. Oh, man, that's actually really cool. But the shower part really gets me. You're right. I didn't think of that. When you're ready to go to work and you're just going to jump into a cold shower, did you think to yourself, man, let me get a gym membership and I'll just shower there? Right. I mean, I would shower most of the time at a gym or even at work where we do have showers. But like waking up in the morning, putting on clothes on your like 
not dirty body, but like on your unshowered body, then hopping on public transportation, going to work or to the gym, then taking your clothes off, showering, and then putting the same black clothes back on. I mean, that's a process to do every single morning. And I mean, I know we're all thrust into this work from home type situation right now, or at least a lot of us are. So we don't have to go to the office, but still like when things do return to normal, I don't know. It just, it was a big hindrance and it just kind of it's just kind of a tough way to start the day off, you know? Did you think that it was going to be cheaper living in a van? Did it turn out to be cheaper or no? Yeah, I guess if I had lived in it full time for longer, it would have paid for itself because I didn't have to pay for rent. I mean, when I was living in it full time, not paying rent was pretty awesome and just kind of pocketing that money that I would have spent on an apartment for sure. But there was a large upfront cost in order to convert the van. I mean, all in, I was about was about $60,000 to do everything, to get the van and the conversion. So that was a big upfront cost. But yeah, it was fun after that to not pay rent. But I would have had to live in it, you know, to have it be like profitable in terms of netting out the money I would have paid for rent and then subtracting that from the cost of the van. A couple of years, you know, the van's paid off now and so is the conversion. So now it's just kind of a free adventure mobile. But yeah, it's definitely cost effective when you're in it and you're not paying rent. Have you ever taken the van somewhere like seclusive, like, I don't know, to the mountains or to like a yeah. forest preserve and just chilled there for a while? So when the pandemic hit, I just popped in the van and immediately I went to Canada because I have always wanted to go to Nova Scotia in the van. And I figured now would be a good time. Everyone's working from home. The pandemic is very uncertain, whatever. And I didn't actually end up making it all the way to Nova Scotia because I kind of got spooked. They were closing borders. So I came back. But I did post up in this province called New Brunswick. And I was just like out in this isolated kind of black sand beach that I had to take a super sketchy road to get to. And I stayed there for a week. And then I drove across the country twice in it. And I have this little app called iOverlander. It's kind of a crowdsourced application that shows great places to park with vans or RVs. And some of them are a little bit more built out campgrounds, but some of them are just like, hey, I found this really cool turnoff in the middle of the in the middle of the forest, or I found this really cool place on a beach that you can go park at and it's great. So yes, I have taken it. That's kind of where I prefer to take the van is these interesting secluded areas that provide access to nature, but you can also kind of drive into because that's the best. I mean, when you have your whole built out home and every, all the conveniences of an apartment, but you're in the middle of the forest, that's the best. I mean, I probably found the best parking I've ever had when I was in the Mount Baker National Forest in Washington. I mean, it was just, I'm backed up against a stream. I'm amongst the, the tall evergreen trees. Everything's green and mossy and you're like kind of in the mountains a little bit. It was, it was all fine. Now, the reason I asked that is because if you're working, you know, remotely, you have to think to yourself, I need Wi-Fi. <laughs> was there ever a point that you're like, oh, man, I can't stay here. I love it, but I need some Wi-Fi. I need a signal somewhere. I need to move. Yeah, all the time. I mean, there was a couple places that I was at in Montana that I knew it was kind of a gamble driving there after work to see if I would be able to maintain signal. And I would drive to this place and then not be able to have connectivity. So, you know, I'd spend the night there and then wake up early in the morning and kind of drive back to to signal because um, I have a little Wi-Fi hotspot in the van that gives me enough connectivity to, to work remotely full time. And 
I would then, yeah, just kind of have to wake up early and go out. But then a lot of the places that I found actually still had pretty good service. It is very hit or miss, though. I think probably the majority of the places that I would park at, the more secluded you are, the less likely that you're going to have internet connectivity or cell phone service, which is kind of a bummer. So I would try to save my most secluded adventures for the weekend and then stay somewhat relatively non-rural during the weekdays. Yeah. So for those that are interested in van life, and one of the things I know, because w- I've been interested in it myself, what are you eating? Because I, I, I'm like, I'm thinking, how many cans of like tomato soup can you eat? Or how many ramen noodles can you make before you get sick of being out there in the wilderness? Or am I thinking too low? Like, can you eat an actual meal? Yeah, that's a good question. It depends on the build out of your van, I guess. I mean, my kitchen setup is fairly robust. I have a one burner induction stove and induction uses magnetic forces to actually heat the pan up. So it's not like a hot plate. It doesn't get hot itself. It just uses magnetic forces on the pan. So you have to use a, an induction friendly pan, which is basically anything that can be magnetized. So if you can stick a magnet to it, it'll work. And I was cooking a bunch of stuff. I mean, yeah, some days if I didn't have a lot of time or I was kind of being on the move a little bit more, I would just have a can of soup. I was cooking a bunch of stuff like stir fries and burgers and some sort of rice dish. Like it was pretty easy. As long as you can fit in one pan, I couldn't really cook anything with multiple pans. But as long as you can cook it with one pan, for sure. I mean, I was cooking like six scrambled egg breakfasts every single morning and having sandwiches for lunch and maybe bigger dinner at nighttime, especially if I wasn't so, if I was a little bit more sedentary out of place. But it depends. I've seen certain vans that, you know, don't really have much of a kitchen setup. They don't really have a burner there. Maybe they'll use like a camp stove that runs on propane, which obviously gets a little bit more difficult. But yeah, you definitely have to get creative. I mean, everything is more difficult in the van for sure. Everything is a smaller scale and everything needs to be uh, a little bit more efficient. So you kind of are, are you, uh, like, uh, kind of are forced to, to put everything in one pan and see what you can make out of that. Now, I know like you've mostly traveled by yourself. At least that's how I imagine it's only you. But could you imagine a second person being with you? Like, would it make things more difficult? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just went back to the van builders that converted my van to do some routine maintenance on it back in April, and they had some vans that they were then converting in their garage, and they were get, kind of giving me tours of what they were up to, and there was one van that an entire family was going to live in, and the van was actually a little bit smaller than the one that I have, and I'm like, man, how are they going to do this? I mean, it's cramped enough with me in there. I can't imagine having two adults. They had one, yeah, two adults, one child, and then a dog. And it's not only that you're on top of each other, but where do you, they had no space for storage because everything was just set up for beds and sleeping. So for my van, yeah, I've had my buddy Spencer, dude, shout out to Speed Wild, come on a good amount of trips for, with me across the country back and forth. And Yeah, it gets a little crowded in there, but you start to figure out ways to be a little bit more efficient. And my van is optimized for storage. I have a full closet. Everything underneath the bed is kind of my garage, I call it, where I put all my gear underneath the seating area near the kitchen is all storage as well. And that, I think, is the biggest thing. Like, you can coexist with two people in there, but the stuff is really what gets cluttered. And, like, if you're even a tiny bit messy everything is amplified because you have such a small amount of space. So I've never done like lived in there for a long period of time with another person, but I have done 
you know, probably a week or 10 days with another person. And it's honestly, it's not that bad. It's also nice too, because then one person can drive and the other person can kind of like take a nap in the back or sleep or something, which is cool. I'm glad you brought up maintenance because I was curious about that. Is the maintenance more like extensive versus like a regular car? Well, obviously, but what are some of the things in there that you're like, man, I didn't think I would have to fix that? That's a good question. I have had some issues with my water pump just because I don't think that the way things are set up right now, it's super conducive to off-roading. So my van does is not four-wheel, it's two-wheel drive, but I do take it off-road quite a bit. I mean, at least on roads that are passable with two-wheel drive cars. And sometimes that means going over stumps and logs and rocks, and it really moves things quite a bit in the back of the van. So I've had a couple roof panels come a little bit loose just because, you know, general wear and tear. My water pump is broken twice, and then I have to replace the lights in the ceiling a little bit from time to time. But it's honestly not everything does work super well and I don't really have any issues with maintenance. And then other than that, because I drive so much, you know, I'm rotating the wheels of my car and, and getting an oil change probably more frequently than I would otherwise. But I haven't had anything super significant happen to the portion that's converted that is actually allowing me to, you know, has caused any issues um, in terms of maintenance. Hmm. Were you able to fix all that yourself or is that something you had to just take it in? And I guess the second part of that question is, can you just take it to any car mechanic or you had to take it back to the guys who made it? I went back to the guys who made it because I wasn't exactly even sure where the water pump was. I guess that's kind of a double-edged sword with not doing the conversion yourself. Like they do it really well and it, they did an incredible job and everything's professionally done. But I also don't have that wherewithal to understand the intricacies of the van and where certain components are and how to actually perform that maintenance myself. But I'm not going to use them as a crutch anymore. They were like, hey, come out and we'll help you out. So I did. And we were also in the middle of the pandemic and I had more flexibility to go down there. Whereas if it was normal life, I probably wouldn't have driven to Indianapolis and back for the fun of it. Yeah, I, I, I had them replace the water pump for me because I wasn't exactly sure how to do that myself. But I, I think I can perform the maintenance. It was just a little bit easier to just go down there and do it, have them do it. And you know what? I like that you are in California. You went to New York. So, and everywhere in between, you were able to experience all the weather. Was there any weather you're like, man, I don't want to be here when it's, you know, summer or when it's winter? Definitely. I mean, when I was just driving back just now from San Diego, I, I went through Southern Utah and that was early August. And man, I mean, we're talking 115 degree heat. I was actually worried that the back was just like something was going to happen because it just got so hot on that van. And I'm sure that none of those components that are aftermarket are, are you know, pressure tested for those types of temperatures. So yes, would not want to sleep in that in the middle of the summer in the high desert. I also... I never had any issues with cold because I took it through a lot of snowstorms in Oregon and North Dakota and South Dakota and the middle of Montana in the middle of the winter. Like, I don't have any issues with cold. It's very well insulated back there. I also have a pocket door between the driving area and the back, and I have no windows in the converted portion either. So when I close that pocket door, there's no other windows, which is the biggest thermoregulation mishap is that uh, cold air and hot air, whatever, can come in so quickly through those windows. So in the back, very temperature regulation friendly, 
And I like being cozy when I sleep and just kind of getting in my down blanket and maybe putting on a beanie if it is really cold. But, I mean, there's definitely some mornings where I woke up and there was frost on the inside of the van and it got well below zero. But I didn't really mind that because you can just get cozy. The thing with the heat is that I just had nothing to combat that. I have two fans in in the back, but they don't really keep me very cold, especially if the air outside is like 100 degrees. So for those interested in van life, do you have any tips out there for people that you know firsthand? Yeah, I have a couple of tips. First is just understanding the motivation behind wanting to hop into that type of lifestyle. I think a lot of people out there, they see the glamour, they see the like all the cool stuff that people do on Instagram and YouTube, and they make it feel and look so much more glamorous than it actually is. I mean, it's awesome, and I love it, and I love being in a small space and traveling around. But if your sole motivation is to get a lot of likes on Instagram and take cool photos of yourself out there, you probably shouldn't do it because it's also, it's not all, it's not all that great. I mean, there's a lot of downsides as well. Like, you know, it's tough to go to the bathroom sometimes, can't find a public restroom or it's hard to sleep when it's really hot outside or it's hard to maintain proper hygiene when you don't have a shower, things like that. So if you're in it because you want to get out in the wilderness and explore and hike and have the comforts of home while you're kind of a little bit more mobile, yeah, I think that would be good. And I don't know. I mean, there's so many resources out there to educate you on what the options are available and what vans are good and what benefits certain van types provide over others on YouTube. I mean, I watched endless hours and hours and hours of stuff. So that's always a good resource to just kind of familiarize yourself. And also just thinking, like, how comfortable are you in small spaces? Like, how much stuff do you have to make that, that you have to carry with you to make yourself feel comfortable? Because you're going to have to downsize significantly. I got rid of a lot of stuff and lived, you know, as simply as I could in the van and made sure I wasn't too cluttered in there. So, you know, it kind of just depends on your comfortability in small spaces and being a little bit more mobile. But, you know, there's so many resources out there to give you an experience of what it might be like. You just kind of got to take the time to educate yourself before you have that money investment. And also maybe it's a good way to like rent a van a couple times before you actually buy one just to kind of give yourself a sense of what it's like. Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. For those listening, where can they find more information about you? You can follow me on Instagram at jburski, J-B-U-R-R-S-K-I. I don't do that much van stuff because, again, I wasn't getting into it because I wanted to become van Instagram famous. But I do have a couple photos of the van on there. So if you want to follow along, yeah, that's the place. This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to hear more? Head to WGNRadio.com for exclusive content by Mason. Also, follow Mason on Facebook and Twitter at Mason Vera Payne. That's all one word. And don't forget to share the show with your friends.